Please pray with me. Everlasting God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations upon all of our hearts serve to glorify you. May they be in keeping, as always, the teachings of our Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. I find myself transfixed, staring at the television screen and the man who stares back. The man in the television commercial wears a dark suit, dark sunglasses that hide his gaze, and a classy fedora. He looks like he could be the third blues brother, maybe a blues stepbrother, if you will, living in the shadow of Ackroyd and Belushi. But I'm just a kid looking at this guy, watching this commercial, and despite the cheap suit and the low-budget production, I think he's about the coolest guy I've ever seen. This man, an excitable narrator explains, is known in the recording industry and to his many fans as Marcos. He's recorded solo albums and backed the biggest recording stars from Nashville to Los Angeles. He's a true virtuoso, and he can teach you to play the harmonica in just 10 minutes. Play the harmonica, I think to myself, in just 10 minutes. Now, I never had any desire to play the harmonica whatsoever, but this sales pitch is already working its magic on my impressionable young mind. I'd never heard of Marcos either, but I immediately find myself admiring him. I mean, he's back the biggest recording stars from Nashville to Los Angeles. On the screen, Marcos raises a harmonica to his lips and just starts wailing on the thing. And then he looks at the camera, looks at me, and says... The harmonica is the most popular instrument in the world. Even if you've never played a harmonica in your life, I guarantee that I can teach you to play the harmonica faster and easier than you've ever dreamed possible. Well, I'm sold. I begged my mother for the 1995 to purchase the instructional book, the accompanying cassette tape, and of course, the harmonica. It's shiny chrome surface engraved with the name. Marcos. My mom places the order over the phone, and the package takes several weeks to arrive. But when it finally does, I climb atop my bed after school with the harmonica, and I punch the instructional cassette into the boombox. My name is Marcos, he says through the tinny speakers. Let's get started. And sure enough, within 10 minutes, I have learned how to play Mary had a little lamb on the harmonica. Now at this point, nine-year-old Seth decides that he has mastered the instrument <laughs> and records a solo album on the aforementioned boombox, a soulful four-track, 45-minute jam session, lacking in any kind of composition, melody, or structure, something that no one in their right mind would ever want to listen to. It was a little something like this.
I'd like to say I was self-taught, but <laughs> the glory goes to Marcos. You know, there's no point in making music if nobody wants to listen to it. And you can't really harmonize when you're playing alone. From the first time I picked up that harmonica, I've always wanted to make music. But truthfully, I've never been willing to put in more than 10 minutes, you know, to actually learn how to play an instrument. My older brother played the guitar, and he encouraged me to accompany him on vocals for some of his early recordings, and in the process, I discovered that I loved to sing. But friends, I was not a very good singer. I fumbled my way through a few bands, but I was always out of my depth. I'd be working with actual musicians, and they'd say things to each other like, let's try those first six bars again in an E minor. And I'd be like, yeah, and hey, at the beginning of the chorus, could you, could you just go dun 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 on the guitar? That'd be great. That's about the extent of my musical sophistication. But you know, when I started getting more involved in church, I found that I could finally give voice to my voice. Singing along to those old hymns with an entire congregation beside me and more capable singers up front, I learned how to sing in key for the first time, most of the time, sometimes. Well, I have my moments. I mean, I still can't tell you what key I'm singing in, and I'm certainly no Freddie Mercury. When we were doing our Maundy Thursday service on Zoom, I forgot to mute myself when we were supposed to be singing something, and it was not pretty. It was even worse because, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you think you're singing by yourself, so you're not really even trying. It's just kind of like, and bless the Lord, you know, for everyone to hear. But none of that matters, you know, because church music is communal. It's democratic in the sense that everyone gets to participate, and it makes room for everyone to participate. The musicians in this church are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, to the point where I still can't believe it, and I still find myself staring in awe whenever the choir sings together, or when one of our soloists steps up to the microphone, or when the bells ring out like crystal chimes, or when Jeff and Janet dance across the keys with unparalleled soul and virtuosity. I still marvel at Michelle's talents, not only as a musician, which are considerable, but as a leader. I truly cannot ask for a better uh, music director or for better musicians, because she makes room for all of us to lift up our voices. Now, the thing about music in this church, and I think we all understand this, is that it's not really a performance in the traditional sense. It's more like a prayer. It's a soulful offering unto God that we all get to participate in, either with our voices or with our talents or with the wonder that it evokes in us, the joy and the tears that this music inspires. That's something that we offer to God, too. The song brings us together, binds us together in harmony in a way that few other things can. Above all, Paul writes in his letter to the Colossians, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. 
and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. The church in the small Phrygian city of Colossae, many scholars believe, was struggling to find itself. At the time Paul wrote this letter, it was struggling to find common ground. Pagan practices and beliefs were still common, as most of the folks in the church came from these kinds of backgrounds. These competed with the Christian theology and dogma that Paul was trying to instill there, leaving the church with a bit of an identity crisis, somewhat at odds with itself, unsure of its purpose. But music, Paul seems to realize, is a unifying force. This is why he encourages people to sing together. Now, of course, he's very careful to point out what kind of songs they ought to be singing, you know, hymns and spiritual songs and none of that pagan stuff. Maybe that's why, despite my frequent insistence, Michelle still won't organize a heavy metal band to hit the church. I'm, I'm going to keep trying. But in all seriousness, Paul is on to something here. Music is a unifying force. Musical harmony fosters harmony among people. Anyone who has ever been to a concert knows this is true. The audience, in some ways, behaves like a single body, synchronized by the beating the drum and the beating of our own hearts. The things that divide us, our politics, our ideology, our opinions, all of that dissolves in the music. And in church, it's an even more profound connection because the music is a communal prayer, a means of connecting not only with each other, but with God. And it's unfortunate, I know, as things stand, that we can't fully heed Paul's advice these days. Communal singing is generally regarded as a bad idea in the COVID era, and we've had to stop singing those old beloved hymns for the time being. The choir loft is empty, save for a lone voice in the wilderness. But we've still found ways to make music together. The choir has continued to meet and rehearse and practice and record virtually, lending their collective voices to our worship. Same goes for our bell choir, and a lot of our talented musicians have continued to contribute recordings of their own. But above all, friends, we make music when we come together in harmony. And we're able to do that now in ever-growing numbers. We may not be able to hear that particular melody, but I believe that God can. When we come together, when we pray together, when we gather together at the communion table, we harmonize with the frequency of love, the very music of the spheres. I still want to make music, just like I did when I was younger. And who knows, maybe one of these days I'll take guitar lessons, maybe I'll learn to play the triangle or something, I don't know. But in the meantime, I will try to make music with you all make a joyful noise onto the Lord, as it were, as best as I can. You know, playing that harmonica as a kid, alone in my bedroom, no one could hear me, which is probably a blessing. But in church, there's really no such thing as a solo, because we all harmonize together. The God who is still speaking and still singing, whether or not we can carry
Amen.